What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Welcome to SummerSlam, where we have such hit matches like Repo Man versus Crush, The Legion of Doom versus Money Inc., and the main event between the British Bulldog and Brett, the Hitman Hart at Wembley Stadium. Uh, oh, 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 friends, friends, friends. Uh, uh, can we just for a minute here? Um, it's uh, it, that's that's '92 SummerSlam. You know the. The the one of the better summer slams. We we we, we I think you might have talked talked about this, but yeah, that's that's not what we're covering, man. Oh, it's 2002. Then I take it. Uh, so like that means you just heard uh, my guest today, uh, the uh, the impact player of Russell Attic Radio, the dressed incredible to my Lance Storm, Nate the effing great from the Game Change. <clears throat> yes, still the Game Changer podcast sometimes, but also Brace for Impact. Uh, Nate, how you doing? I am doing absolutely well, and I will take more. I am the Petey Williams to your uh, Eric Young. Thank you very much, because that's an impact deal. <laughs> or Scott Demore, or maybe not so much A1, but... I, I almost said A1, but I'm like, no, that's, that is an insult to Fretz. I do not need that. I do not oh. need to insult a guy that I have worked with and absolutely love to work with. Uh, I do have one question for you before we get started. I actually almost forgot to mention this, but... um. In my last review that I had with Unbreakable, uh, Bobby Roode was talking about his match with Jeff Hardy, and he said that he's going to Canadianize Jeff Hardy. And I'm speaking to you as, you know, as a Wisconsinite to a Canadian. What does that phrase mean exactly? Well, that could mean a a wide variety of things, whether he's going to uh... I guess he's going to introduce him to more niche Canadian culture or not so obscure Canadian culture. So he could take him to Montreal for uh, some poutine or as you Yanks call them, disco fries, which isn't about abomination and a half or still in Montreal, St. Viator Bagels, Daily Beast, Smoke Beat. He could take him to uh, Toronto where I'll be seeing all the wrestling next month. Let's F and go. Hey. Take him to the CN Tower. Take him to the Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, Blue Jays game, Leafs game, or maple syrup, Putin, something. And insert something stereotypically Canadian here. It, or he's going to have an American join his team Canada like Lance Storm did with Jim Duggan. Oh, there we're going to be going with Sean Morley, but that's a different story. <laughs> Sean Morley is Canadian. That's that's acceptable. Oh, I did I did not know that. Okay, well, he's from you know. uh, he's from Toronto. Val Venus is from Toronto. So, the the, the less you know, because Val Venus is. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to. I was just about to say. I am so sorry to you, Toronto Knights. But at least you got Edge. <laughs> yeah, but then Canada also has Justin Trudeau. But uh, the less said about him, the better. So, so Nate, 
before we dig into SummerSlam 2002, yes, I know I skipped a week in SmackDown. Quiet now. <laughs> Work. So would you like to dabble into some of the movies and pop culture that was going on at the time? Call this the uh, 20 Bell Salute segment of the show. This is where I could insert music if I'm feeling up to it. Insert Back to the Future <laughs> music here. In yeah. movies, we had Vin Diesel's Triple X. Very forgettable, forgettable action movie. One of Robin Williams' more obscure and creepy roles, One Hour Photo. Oh, I was going to say Patch Adams. <laughs> That's not so creepy, but no, pa- Patch Adams, uh, yeah, a lot of historians like hate that movie because mm-hmm. they changed a bunch of things. And yeah. uh, the, the, the top movie of, of this month was Signs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Man, I would have been like 12 during this time, too, so. I was going into my senior year of high school, grade 13. And then there was also Fear.com, a ghost website. And for the love of God, if that ghost website found the GeoCity page I made in high school, cringe. Mm. In music, the number one song of the summer was Dabbled Between Hot and Here by Nelly and uh, that... I can't think of the name of the love song. It has Nelly in it, and it's got Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. I can't think of the title of that song, but oh. that was all over the place. And we also had, oh, you ready to feel old, Nate? You know, what, you know what song is 20 years old now? Clocks by Coldplay. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Holy shnikes. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Music for the Deaf, which features No One Knows, amazing album i I love that and stone sour's self-titled debut bother which was um the the singer from slipknot Corey taylor had a side project here in video games we had super monkey ball 2 mafia and super mario sunshine and i'm going to drop the hottest of the hot takes on that game it is the worst mainline Mario game on a main console ever made. You know, I've seen the uh, Game Grumps play that. It's not not the best, honestly. It's just one of those things where it looks just really kind of wonky with some of its animation. I mean, some of the, the visuals are beautiful. I will say, say that. But, I mean, some of the characters, stuff like that, it's not... It's not their best. I definitely will agree with that. Um, probably won't make people rage as much as Mario Party, but that's a different story again. <laughs> now, Mario Party ruins more friendships than Monopoly. And I've played both of those games with my best friends. And, well, I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> now, before we get into Sunday Night Heat, because there was a Sunday Night Heat match on this show, I want to give a big special shout out to three podcasts who have reviewed this in the past. That is our boys of the American variant of the Ruthless Pod, the UK variant of the RA era podcast, and more recently, uh, the Apron Bump podcast, where I will be uh, next week at the time I'm recording this, reviewing a very obscure show. I'll tell you off air, Nate, it's a good one. He's been really kind of paralleling me here on on the timeline. But you ready to talk about Sunday Night Heat? I I saw the match itself and I'm thinking to myself, wow, 
that's quite the barn burner, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, nothing says barn burner like Spike Dudley defeating Steven Richards. Well, Stevie alone. Come on, guys, give him something. He has Victoria at this point in time. I mean, come on, he's he's doing pretty well for himself. But enough about that. Now we have SummerSlam 2002 from the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York. What a hot crowd we had for this show. I didn't look at the, the gates or I forgot what even the date was because I'm here recording this in friggin' September. Nothing says summer oh, like September. Well, Mr. Fritz, if you'd like, as a fellow, I guess, reviewer of these pay-per-views, I actually do have SummerSlam pulled up. Would you like me to give you the... Uh, Raw numbers that we have for this? Yes, sir. Uh, the date was August 25th of 2002. An attendance of 14,797 and a buy rate of 540,000. Definitely a lot more than a lot of impact shows. So this is definitely a lot bit bigger numbers than what I'm used to. That's a lot bigger. Uh, I think it might have been a little bit less than last year's SummerSlam, which of course was right smack dab in the middle of the invasion. And I think I either reviewed that or did it on Patreon. I can't remember that was over a year ago, but oh, here we go. We're, we're just kicking off really hot with one of the best SummerSlam openers of all time between Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle. As I said, might be the best SummerSlam opener ever, other than I believe it was Ray versus Dolph from 09 for the IC title. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that matchup. And also, can we preface this that we're recording this on the same week that Kurt Angle came back to Monday Night Raw and actually had an interaction with Ray Mysterio? So this kind of came full circle. <laughs> oh, take a shot. Oh, actually, drink. Drink to that, although this is uh, alcohol free beer. I'm off the wagon not fully but <laughs> well we're not alcoholics so it's kind of one of those things where it's like we play it safe no we, um, we we've I, had I do, I, I, podcasts I, before they're not fun <laughs> uh, i do have one question was this matchup before or after the uh kurt angle cringy promo where he does the whole you're a boy and i'm a man and insert very very long not sta- standing reference right here <laughs> oh i think that was years after this i'm not entirely oh, really? i'm not entirely sure because i i the last smackdown i did i think was uh uh matt hardy v1 debuts this is coming out tomorrow at the time i'm recording this um it, it's just reference that's all it is it's like hey smackdown is for matt hardy version one and that was it and i think brock lesnar squashed hogan like that, that's about in the timeline where that's I right. where I am right now. He wipes the blood of Hogan. The blood of Hogan is on my hands, and your title is going to be in my or something like that. Brock Lesnar, something promo here. But throughout this whole thing, Kurt Angle has been calling Rey Mysterio a child. It's like I got pinned by a twelve-year-old in some random tag team match, and now Rey's like, "Yeah, I'm going to make this this win." Oh, you think that win doesn't count? I'm going to make it count. Let's do this at SummerSlam and. Right off the bat, we had Ray Mysterio with the mind games, jumping Kurt off of the start. What a heel. And no pyro, all business Kurt. That's one thing I was noticing about him. And he vows to break Ray Mysterio's ankle. Then right off the bat here, we just have head scissors, ankle locks reversed, a 619, 
That's German for no. That was a visual joke here for my notes, only for me and now for you. A snap suplex mm-hmm. and the crowd is just egg and curd on. Like, it's not like today where the you suck is kind of, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking Not familial, just, just nice. It, it's, like, it's like calling your best friend a loser. It's like, it's, it's out of love. We see a German suplex, a wheelbarrow suplex was denied. A backbreaker, the classic Aloha Iron Spot. Shout out to uh, OSW Review. And then we see Lance Storm lock. I mean, not Lance Storm. <clears throat> Kurt Angle walk in the half crab. And Lance Storm's like, I could be serious for a minute. I'm right here. Ray with a near fall. <laughs> Kurt with a clothesline. Ray's jawbreaker. Aloha, Kurt. And we see the belly to belly. Straps come down. And you know what that means. Angle slam reversed into an arm drag. And Ray uses Jimmy Corderas to plancha to the outside onto Ray. Drop of the diamond and near fall. Electric chair into the ankle lock, into a 619. A West Coast pop, a big nope. Super her and Kunrana, a la WCW. Into the ankle lock. Oh, my God. Tap out win. Man, this is a car crash, but... Maybe match of the night, close to it. Um, yeah, this was a really, really solid opener. This really embodied. You know, the crazy thing is that I think Rey Mysterio only debuted like maybe a month, month and a half before this matchup, and he's already getting a headline matchup with Kurt Angle. That is saying a lot about his talent at this point. But yeah, everything from you know the speed of Ray to the technical just wear downs that Kurt Angle had was just absolutely great. I loved that Jimmy Cordero spot where he's just like, no, 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 you can't dive out there. Where he's like, okay, fine. I'll be a good little boy. Psych just dives over him. <laughs> and a freaking West Coast pop to Kurt Angle. I've never seen that before. And it was awesome. It's one of those things where I'm like, I am so glad that he did not do that at a Mania 22, but he did it to Randy Orton because, well, A, Randy Orton somehow knows how to sell everything and be just Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio really killed it here in this matchup. Definitely, honestly, a quality matchup. If I can just sprinkle in a little bit of my brace for impact, little stuff in there, just a quality match, perfectly done. Everything was just right. Oh, and also before we go too far away from this matchup, I could tell you right now that promo that I was just talking about happens after this matchup. I'm not going to tell you when. I'm just going to leave that a surprise for you. And it's, it's, it's going to be very soon, my good sir. If it's the same week as the Billy and Chuck commitment ceremony, which you and I did years ago. <laughs> That's right. We did do that. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I have a special guest lined up for that episode. Uh, it's, it's April Bump. I mean, who else would it be? It, it, it's you or him. <laughs> I really want to get uh, Matt Ritter on the show here at some point, too. That would be... That, that would be perfect. But the one thing here that I just I imagine noticed, that now, <laughs> I'm just imagining that now, just having that promo with the same deal as the billion Chuck deal. It's like, wow, this is not scraping the bottom of the barrel. This is like Beavis and Butthead, like quality of comedy right now. Hey, you got to watch Beavis and Butthead 2022, the do the universe. That's fucking brilliant. Uh, Trust me, watch it. No, just look up the. I'm going to tell you this. Look up the white privilege part. That's all I'm going to say. All right. right there. 
And uh, the best sign of the night here just says pork. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and me, me being a butcher's kid and actually uh, my grand, my grandpa frets, uh, my dad's dad, it was actually 29 years ago today that he, that he left us. He was also a butcher. And anytime I see references to meat, it just makes me smile and very hungry, even though I just ate a personal deep dish pizza. But anyways, <laughs> backstage, Stephanie McMahon is bragging to Eric Bischoff here. You can cut the sexual tension here with a knife. I mean, there's a there's a bit here just previous to this where unrelated, but Chris Benoit is like right up in Stephanie's face talking about how he's going to make uh, The Rock uh, moan and wail and tap and all that. And it's like, wow, they're like seconds away from making up like just anyways these guys here you can tell there's just there's tension there and it's tingly tension uh this is what smackdown is all about eric bischoff you gotta tell eric bischoff to top that and then something something comparing notes let's cut our sexual tension by doing that and speaking of sexual tension rick flair oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what a segue but also here's the sucky part about this it's rick flair versus chris jericho and anytime somebody has to go second after a really good matchup it's hard to top that first matchup here but well we'll talk about that as as the match goes on trust me i i, I want to say beforehand though that this matchup i feel like was a prelude to a jericho and Charles Robinson had to go through years later when uh, Neville broke his ankle during that one match because there were, because there were so many moments where I'm like, if this is where the seeds are planted with the relationship between Charles Robinson and Jericho is, Oh my God, that makes this even better. This is like the best non-wrestling related story ever between Charles Robinson and Jericho. It's even better than uh, Charles Robinson and Ric Flair in the latter days of WCW, the whole Little Nate thing. It, it was actually pretty. It was right before WCW started the nosedive, and it was actually pretty damn entertaining. I mean, Charles Robinson wore the freaking robe, for God's sake. You know how many of us would kill to wear that? Right. Anyway, speaking of full circle 20-year-ago moments here, this is 20 years before Ric Flair had his final match, and I am just leaving that because that was... That was the saddest damn thing I've ever seen. Luthez was about his age when he wrestled his last match, I think. But Luthez was a Greek freaking god. <laughs> I'll hail Luthez. Luthez Press, here we go. And hearing Fink's voice right here, it just made me oh. smile. God, I love Howard Finkel. And even a little bit later in the show, I still love him. But dude oh god why do they rib him so bad when we get to that point oh my god i will say this there's a phrase that i'd never thought i'd hear howard finkel say and it's the funniest thing i think i've ever heard from him but we'll get to that when we get to it let's let's talk flair and jericho and and fozzy because well uh this is jericho become 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 that's right that's right. They had two freaking <laughs> albums out at this point in time. And the first That's album right. was mostly like Scorpions and hair metal covers. Actually pretty good. Like Fozzie's underrated. Oh my, God. oh my God. That's right. They did a live performance at the build up to this. And Ric Flair literally is just like, 
I hit Fozzy. Woo! I'm gonna beat everything up. Woo! Just drop kicks a speaker, beats down drums, does everything. <laughs> it's just like, wow, this is quite an amazing showing. Rickler and Jericho's in the ring, just like, no, stop, leave my band alone. It's like your bandmates are all gone. It shouldn't matter about the equipment. It's all about the bandmates. If one of those guys would have took a chalk from Ric Flair, I would have said that Fozzie is the greatest band of all time. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. Or if, um, oh, I can't think of the, the name of the guitarist, but I'm just going to spout one off. Zach Wilde or Eddie Van Halen, God rest his soul, just wallops him with the guitar and actually draws a dime. Take that, Jeff Jarrett. And then we hear Ric Flair's 1991 theme because WWE didn't pay 2001 Space Odyssey's Zach, uh, uh, I'm not even going to, Zach Arthasturo, I, I butchered the name of that song, classical. I'm going to get absolutely yeah. chopped to shit here. But then they say that this is Ric Flair's first SummerSlam match because he was alluded to in 1991 when it was like Bobby Heenan was knocking on Hulk Hogan's door and challenging him on behalf of the real world's champion, Ric Flair. That was right after his Jim Hurd Spartacus exit from WCW, like, minutes after 92 he appeared in the macho man uh warrior match uh, check our our archives there for that one and this is just so mind-boggling because well of course he was in wcw after that for years and years like i think i did beach blast 93 with the amazing mini movies with sid and vader versus the bull and sting oh my god watch that just do your whole thing here. Jericho is shoving little Nate here. We get a backdrop and the flare bump. Chris Jericho calling himself the king of the world. Sorry, Chris, but your, your license with saliva has expired. You can't use your amazing king of the world break down the walls remix, which is fucking amazing. Jericho skins the cat. Jericho takes the padding off and does a little shuck and jive. Flair just begins fighting back, but eats a missile dropkick. Jericho takes the turnbuckle. He chokes Ric Flair with his wrist tape. I think he did that. Uh, Chris Jericho does the top rope flare flop himself as a tribute in front of him. The walls is denied. Bulldog with no lion salt. And then Ric Flair presses L1 and L2 in SmackDown Here Comes the Pain and does the walls of flare. Woo! And then Jericho does the very same thing, but presses A and B in WCW versus the world. My God, I want to play that again. In the figure four, Flair is biting his own arm to not tap out. And that's just a, an amazing visual and a smart tactic. Much like when Mankind was locked in the ankle lock by uh, Ken Shamrock, he gave himself the mandible claw and tapped out. But the ref said, it's like, due to mandible claw, Ken Shamrock wins. And of course he snaps. That, that was a great <laughs> pay-per-view. Uh, 1998 one. I can't remember the thought. It, it was the uh, screw you, you're fired moment with Austin. That sounds like, uh, sounds like Unforgiven. I think it was. Between, it was after, yeah. after that. It was uh, before oh. Survivor Series. Right before Survivor Series. Um, on okay. uh, Judgment Day, I think. Whatever. Um, speaking, of, speaking of Judgment Day, uh, Ric Flair with a low blow and a figure four tap out. Chris Jericho faces his Judgment Day by tapping out to Flair. Yeah, so uh, th there's also one really unique spot that I remember from that because um, 
I think Jericho either had him in the walls or some kind of submission move. And Flair grabs the ropes. And as he's grabbing the rope, he's tapping out. And Rick and Jericho's just like, I got the win. I got the win. Charles Robinson's like, no, he had the rope. So that doesn't count. So I thought, okay, that's actually pretty unique. If they would did something like that, you know, like this year's SummerSlam, if, you know, like Liv Morgan did something like that, maybe would have been more acceptable. Uh, overall, yeah, no, this is another really good matchup. Not as good as the opening matchup. That's why I'm giving it a B for this one. But I enjoyed the chemistry between Flair and Jericho. And again, I mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. We're getting the seeds planted for Charles Robinson versus Chris Jericho. Uh, one of the greatest referee versus wrestler deals since Earl Hebner and Triple H. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of Earl Hebner, we'll we'll get to him too. <laughs> yes, yes, oh. so much good stuff. This is this is so good. I'm glad we're doing this again. <laughs> oh man, speaking of good stuff here, right into Eddie Guerrero versus Oa, and Paul Paul Heyman hypes up Brock Lesnar backstage. Blah 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 blah. Uh, you're the beast. You're the next <laughs> champion. Do 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 do. Eddie versus Edge. Let's fucking go. There we go. There we go. Oh, and this is a mullet mullet Eddie. So he looks absolutely awesome he looks really cool um and this this is not just any edge this is yeah my durango i literally thought to myself oh my god i literally thought to myself that um this is probably my by alter bridge is really good it's definitely one that pulls on the heartstrings but anytime i hear Rob Zombie's, you know, you know, never gonna stop. That just always gets me hyped up. And the fact that they got rid of that about two years later or something like that, I, I can't remember. I just remember the last time they did it was when Edge got drafted to Raw. And then after that, they're like, we're gonna do this generic one. Yeah, that was smart. That that was real smart. But anyway, yes, hyped for this matchup. Edge versus Eddie Guerrero. These guys kill it. They kill it in the ring. Holy cow. This is just a precursor of what's to come on SmackDown. And I, that's right. Oh, yes. This, oh. I can't wait. Like I might even bring you back when they do that frigging ladder match thing or, or like the sunset flip ladder deal. Holy, oh. holy cow. That was good. But just hearing the Latino, he like the pre Viva La Rasa, because, Oh, it says here we're running out of time in 10. So we're going to wrap this match up quickly and then do a part two. Thank you very much. Zoom. Holy crap. Uh, dirtiest mullet in the game. So second sign of the night. Uh, my goodness. And, and Eddie here is jealous of Edge becoming a sex symbol. If that mullet is not a sex symbol, then I don't know what, what is. Edge with a great monkey flip. A quick count for Dave Hebner here. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, you see. And this is all about working Edge's injured arm as it was injured in a cage match with Jericho, I believe, on SmackDown just previous to this. Or he speared Angle in the cage. There we go. Eddie is doing his homework. The Fujiara armbar is locked in. We see the face crusher. Uh, High-risk attack to the outside. A top rope gourd buster. And then Eddie Guerrero is feeling a little froggy here. Education, kick out, Northern Lights. There's a Northern Lights suplex here and then a frog splash to the injured arm. Just Eddie being a cerebral assassin, if you will. And then psychology, Edge 
spears with the good arm and wins this match. Nate? Oh, gosh. This, like you said, this is a sign of things to come. I'm really, really looking forward to more Edge versus Eddie Guerrero matches. A quality matchup. This was really good. And like I said, the theme songs, the Eddie Mullet, everything here just literally was like, yes, this is why we love wrestling. Everything really good. And I will also say this. I don't think it was, it was either here or the last match that I actually noticed that when everybody came out, they had to like uh, Titan Tron on the top. And then that little oval that they had in the uh, stage, they had like, this is for raw SmackDown, that deal. I was just kind of like that, that, that is really cool. I think this might be one of my all-time favorite SummerSlam sets just because of that little detail right there i'm like oh that's cool that's cool then you have like a raw smackdown deal oh that that's really cool i love it that that is really neat folks we're just going to take a quick non-commercial commercial break here and uh, come back for part two shortly what is going on everybody this is king ricky rose your general manager here at wrestle attic radio and if you have some time on thursday each And every Thursday, I want you guys to check out my show, The Kings of the Rings Podcast, where we cover all the news that has fit in the boot inside and outside of the ring, from WWE to AEW, all the way over to New Japan and Impact Wrestling and beyond. That's Kings of the Rings Podcast, each and every Thursday, exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio. And we are back with Jonathan Coachman and the Un-Americans ahead of their tag team championship defense against Book Dust. And <clears throat> let me take a minute to, uh, okay, I'm not doing the whole thing. Zoom only has 40 minutes. <clears throat> and we're having a full soaker here, Nate, because uh, you talk about Team Canada a lot on, on Impact. Have they, have they broken up yet in your timeline? Not in my timeline right now. No, they still have at least a good, I want to say a good year left. And uh, I will, I will say this, that um, I'll do respect to Christian Landstorm test, all great Canadians. This was like the diet do of team Canada because my team Canada and TNA was awesome <laughs> compared to these guys. That and like the, oh, okay. Sideberg. I love the un-Americans. I mean, Something to do with Un-Americans was like my screen name in the WWE.com chat room at this point in time. And uh, it was, oh yeah, I got, I got all the heat for it. It was, it, it was great. And it's like, you Un-American? And guess what? This sexy mama Cita doesn't like you. And she sends me a picture of herself. I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> he calls Americans lazy. <laughs> and, and the Lance Storm is like, you know, if I can be serious for a minute, you Americans are lazy, unresponsive, and spoiled. And okay. This is a Canadian talk in here, and, and you could probably speak to this, Nate, but flying the flag upside down. First off, if you do that, go fuck yourself. Second, um, <laughs> distress. It's, it's so funny you mentioned that because when I was working today, I actually did see somebody have an upside down flag. So literally, that person can go fuck himself. <laughs> so I agree. But that's the sign of distress, not the sign of oh, I don't like my government or I don't like insert restrictions, jabs, anything here. We're not, we're not political. We, well, we don't get political on this show. Let's, let's leave it at that. But that's the sign of distress. 
not the sign of I don't like insert party here. Uh, what the hell, Nate? I say I don't, I don't like that these guys are forcing us to defend our tag team titles against random teams against each other other especially when it's a former wcw champion and a guy who's wearing face paint thankfully hey thankfully it's gold dust and not black rain just save yourself a favor oh man if you want to go down a rabbit hole watch the black rain arc in osw review and uh, don't mention it to <laughs> dustin rhodes because he will block you uh, <laughs> i want to ask him but like indirectly i'd like not ask him like you know like, like oh, how do you feel about black rain it's like no what was like the worst part of your career in like uh, in, in any company and if he says black rams like hey you brought it up i didn't so he was ballooned off his tits the whole time he was black rain it was really it was really sad his book oh my god his book anyways here uh book dust here one of my favorite uh odd couple or strange bedfellow tag team shout out willie t i love these guys and th- this match here was it was your heel fodder it was your taking advantage of the we've talked about the the post you know when patriotism that america was all up and for hey i'm all hey good on you i'm I'm all all for i was rooting for you guys uh lance storm accidentally on purpose kicks the referee leading to the harlem sidekick and an all-american spin-a-rooney that line just made me (laughs) all-american spin-a-rooney and then Tess comes through with a big boot and still take team champions. Yay on Americans Team Canada. Pretty nothing match, but I mean, it had book dust. We didn't have Darth dust. We didn't have gold dust with the freaking rock eyebrow. <laughs> the best. I love these guys. He's, he's, he obviously saw like a, a picture of Triple H doing that when he was the croc and he thought... <gasps> You know, I could probably do this. <laughs> yeah, but with a lot with a lot less blackface, though. Yeah. Hey, that that was Waltman, okay? That was Waltman who did that, not the raw, not the Crocs. So to be the Croc just came from the bathroom, and ooh, you should have. I could almost recite that line for line, thanks to Jason oh Sensation. God. I, I love that, and I also love uh, Below Brown, which is just the, oh, Bilo. brother was bacon, brother was bacon. <laughs> Bilo, well, I, I saw- forgot about that. what the brother wants to know is shut up and then jason sensation is own as owen hart oh my oh my god that if you ever could pick like you know like a perfect representation of what comedy and owen hart is that was exactly what it was but uh getting back to this matchup uh yeah I, i give this one a c this was nothing really too spectacular like you said heat match up for the heels yada yada that kind of deal um and it also is said that they tried to literally do a diet version of it with goldust and our truth about gosh i want to say like maybe under 20 years almost 20 but not quite to 20 years oh oh dear uh speaking of oh dear <sighs> jamie noble and nadia at not wwf new york oh God. I forgot about this segment. What I watched it twice. Like, what just happened? Uh, I'm going to tell you what happened. I don't know if this is around the same time, but OSW review just did like there was a review of it, and even Jay Hunter at the beginnings like lads, just sit this one out. But WWE did a co-brand thing with Pearls Gone Wild, 
And if you don't know what that is, um, Nate and I are both of a certain vintage where if you stayed up late enough at night and saw certain infomercials, you would see that. It's something that ages about as good as milk. And not the milk that Kurt Angle drank on Raw. I'd be like the one that might have been sitting in his fridge since the milk truck incident. But yeah, uh, let's let's sweep that out. Uh, there's a a contest. I guess it's a body contest, and the winner gets to make out with Nadia because the joke is Jamie and Nadia have an open marriage. Whatever. Uh, can we can we move on? <laughs> that, I, that, oh, that's right. They did have logos because I don't know if this was during the. Um... During the time when uh, Jamie Noble had his like inheritance, but I think this is probably around the time he was still cruiserweight champion. I just remember. Oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah. It was just so weird because literally I'm just like, okay, I need to, I need to at least understand something because why is Jamie Noble literally just okay with his girlfriend, literally just, just tonguing tonsil hockeying this dude and all i'm thinking of myself is at the same time i would not have mind to have been that guy who was playing tonsil hockey with nidia because i found nidia attractive during that point um i just it was weird though it was just one of those things where I'm like wait what just what just happened all i saw was just these guys are going off she picks one guy and then june was like yo you scat scat yeah yeah get get he gets his like he gets his broom and he just sweeps him off the stage and he's like now get him nidia get him nidia get him get him then they do their thing and he's just literally like oh yeah you like that you like that it's like this is the weirdest like sex phone call i think i've ever heard on a wwe deal um still not the worst inoffensive thing that wwe has done so <laughs> this is just weird but also it's jamie noble and he also had j and j security in the future so things are looking up for him trust me <laughs> Well, things are looking up. Uh, the, the inheritance, I think, is a year from now. So uh, that's oh. something with, I think it has something to do with uh, like Billy, like he has a feud with Billy Gunn, uh, Billy Gunn and Tori against Jamie and Nadia. Oh, there's a whole God. deal. There's a whole deal there. I remember that feud. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> it's just, oh, man. I am looking forward to hearing that review because you're going to have to discuss all those details about Billy somehow involved and Tori's just like, let's do this. And then Jamie's just like, okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm just like, wow, this is like trailer park, young and restless. If you ever wanted it anyway, getting which, back which, to I, which I do. And it's called trailer park boys and it's Canadian delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric Bischoff and Steph are having a chat and Eric says that Nydia knows her place in this business. And I'm like, dear God, if you say barefoot and pregnant, I'm going to fucking chop you. And then Steph uh, gets, gives us a brief glimpse into her sex life and says something about being on top, giggity. Uh, uh, yeah. And what's not giggity here, or it is giggity, if, if it's your preference, no judge, I love you regardless of who you are, RVD versus Benoit for the IC title. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, so Benoit, he won the IC title, I think, on Raw or at Vengeance uh, some time ago. You know, right. there was a deal where... Benoit, I think he was on, yeah, he hasn't been drafted to SmackDown yet. Like him and Eddie were drafted together. And then Eric Bischoff does a swerve and drafts this person. They're trying to outdraft each other, outdo each other because something tension. And man, this match just chef's kiss, springboard by RVD. And we see, you know, the best German suplex sell like ever. Even, and I was watching 
oh a certain God, show yes. for for another podcast in which another guy sold the suplex like that but he just sat there folded up like an accordion and i can sit there with my with my fused back and just yeah speaking of that there's a backbreaker benoit with a whole whack of suplexes and submission and with psychology working the shoulders because well you need a good shoulder and arm and range of motion to land a frog splash moonsault into the knees the air canada is denied the five star is denied the cross face and then jr is just like oh he got him nope rvd reaches the ropes here rvd is sent to the outside there's a hammer lock into the ring post an arm bar locked on forever and then that rolling thunder moonsault variant right into the cross face transition was chef's a kiss shoulder into the apron a northern light a a northern lights version of the three amigos my 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 god and like and i and i feel like an asshole for praising he who shall not be named's talent i mean we all been on twitter lately with someone talking about it let's not let's let's talk about the match but rvd just that that transition there a shoulder into the ring post again cross face rod then damn then presses l1 and l2 and here comes the pain again i'm saying that because i just got that game and i've been playing it uh with with the cross face himself a super a superplex is reversed into the five-star frog splash and not only is rod van dam the new intercontinental champion but the intercontinental championship is now property of monday night raw bischoff brags about the ic title and here we go dude how'd you like that match <laughs> i absolutely love that matchup i think we have a second you know match of the night contender here this is an a quality matchup again it's a great it's one of those things where it's like just let them go out and wrestle for like 15 minutes and see what happens and ben Juan van dam literally showed what they could do and that was absolutely amazing uh I, it was the right call to have Rob Van Dam, you know, go over here because of the fact, well, oh yeah, that's right. Two months away from she, she who shall remain nameless. Oh God. Dear no. Lord. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Talk about that show, buddy. So. Smackdown, not Raw. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> well, you'll still have to mention it when you go to a certain show called no mercy. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> i'll, I'll just dig up i'll just dig up our review <laughs> <laughs> oh okay that's fair that's fair um yeah no this was great and i will say this that the the end the deal where bischoff and stephanie are backstage bischoff's just uh, it's like how do you like me now and hardcore holly comes out and it's just like shock to everybody he's gonna be a new wwe champ no i'm kidding um <laughs> okay. bischoff is just literally like um you know how, you know what how do you like them apples and then stephanie just laughs maniacally and walks away to which i'm kind of like okay either it's because the one thing that's coming up or she just likes to laugh like crazy because she's the one that's going to be insane like we had tori then stephanie then victoria then mickey there's a crazy chain going on here man 
Hmm. And then once you said, how do you like them apples? And then Carlito comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> just Carlito's relevant in 2002. Just comes in, spits the apple and Stephanie's like, I spit in the face of people who aren't on Raw. <laughs> Ew. And next up here, I'm not, I'm going to talk, I'm not going to talk about this match too long because uh, no offense, Test versus Taker. This is the sloppy squash. Uh... The sloppy squash by the dead man. The pride of Oshawa versus the pride of Texas. This was just a USA, USA, rah, 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 to get your heat back from the Un-Americans tag match. Uh, love both these guys to death, but right. now nah, it's not, it's a TV match. We got to get to the next one, Nate. Can we, can we just, can we just get to this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do a quick deal here. Uh, D match are probably the worst one on the card. Now on to the next one. Triple H versus Shawn Michaels on sanctioned street fight. Hell yeah. Okay, the promo before this, like a, it was you, Hunter. You're damn right, it was me. Oh, chills. Just no, literally, just now. Holy shit! Just that promo was so damn good. And then I, I notice your, uh, your, your, your thing in the back there that says, "With God, all things are possible." There was a Bible verse on Sean's T-shirt, Philippians four thirteen. Nate, do you know your Bible? Do you know that uh, verse? That one I do not know. I don't know that one by heart. Uh, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. My favorite verse uh, to this to this day. I haven't been to church in a long time, but hey, I still, you know, uh, the game. Let's uh, see. Da, 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 da. Let's get let's get ready to pedigree. That that got me, and that was the uh, begin the true beginning of my disdain for Triple H because I used to be a I was a big Shawn Michaels guy despite being Canadian. I'm a Christian Canadian and, you know, Shawn Michaels was kind of a guy that a lot of young Christians look, like to look up to. He wasn't in your face about your faith. I mean, the only time he mentioned his faith was his match tag match with God. Holy jumping crap. Um, Wrestling Bios did a very good rendition of that. Just, just go, just go watch him. He's spectacular. And backstage Triple H is found bloody and Triple H is just like distraught. This was before the, it was you thing. I should have, I should have led with that, but it's, uh, you know, you're damn right. It was me. And then Sean's like, yeah, I could be 110% by let's say SummerSlam leading into the awesome. I will fight by Jim Johnson. You beautiful bastard. Put him uh, in the hall of fame you. trips. Yep. And this is HBK's first match. Not since WrestleMania 14, he had a forgotten comeback match in 2000 in his uh training grounds the texas wrestling academy against that's right against paul diamond aka one half of the orient express aka max moon max moon after his heat from 1993 monday night raw the first monday night raw i may add and then we see the spear punches h is sent to the outside a plancha h into the ring post here triple h gets the trash can triple h with the uh, with the low blow Vintage APA, <clears throat> HBK, not APA, my God. Bradshaw could not skin the cat. He could skin <laughs> a literal cat, but <laughs> my goodness. And work in the back because psychology, trip, uh, Shawn Michaels is coming off of a career-threatening back injury. And you can see the pinpoint where it happened when he ate the corner of that casket at Rumble 98. That was it. And he he could barely walk the day he put over Steve Austin. So it was just a testament to his abilities. Uh, 
my goodness, we see working in the back, the Irish whip. And I wonder why they call it an Irish whip when none of these men are Irish. Chairs, roll up, Triple H, the knee face buster. Seriously, why do you duck every time you wrestle Triple H? You're going to get the same thing. If you're ducking for a spagingo, ding, <laughs> you're going to eat the knee, the, 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 the single knee face breaker. Seriously, seriously. Uh, they target the back again, a DDT on the chair, and then the, the blade jobs begin. And we see a sledgehammer, Irish whip into the corner, a rope-assisted abdominal stretch, and this is when Earl Hamner just comes to life, gives uh... Triple H the boot, gets in his face, shoves him. He doesn't, like, start decking him like he does at all the house shows in 2000. <laughs> Those are sights to behold. Earl Hebner don't put up with shit. I'll, I'll give him that. Even in NWA today, he's still a, a no-nonsense referee. Hebner for champ, seriously. And he's like, knock it off. I'm sick of this. Just screaming at him. I loved this just because of the fact that there came a point where he's yelling at Triple H so much that Triple H is in a corner like, let's go. Oh, okay, okay, I'm okay fine fine and then that's when he goes back to beating up Shawn michaels oh yeah then the chair to hbk's back a sidewalk slam into the double decked chair hbk kicks out pedigree into the chair low blow and a sweet chin musical chair spot that would make eugene smile in about three years triple h uh the and hbk both do a i think no good god hbk does a kip up Triple H did that. His quad was pop. <laughs> Triple H does the flare flop over the top rope, and there's the belt whip. We want tables, but they got ladders. Slingshot into the ladder, a superplex. The ring steps get involved here. Ring steps, tables, and chairs, and ladders. Oh, my. A splash to the outside through the table was a phenomenal spot. And then the chair off the ladder, and we're tuning up the band, and the building is literally shaking here. It was a sight to behold the pedigree is reversed into a quick roll-up pin here Shawn michaels wins this match and immediately after just a sledgehammer to the back stretcher job and then <laughs> jr is like he's gonna rot in hell damn you triple h <laughs> oh my god oh. uh this was absolutely great and i will say this that final pin that sean does i watched that at least maybe two or three times because the audience at one point, just when they hit two, they go silent. It was insane. It was one of those things where I'm like, people are actually like wondering, is he going to kick out? Is this going to be it? Or is this going to keep going on? But it's just like a <gasps> three. Yeah. They just, oh my God. That was great. And again, first time in two years that Shawn Michaels has been in the ring. He's, put on one hell of a deal i mean the guy literally sold like his life depended on it he made triple h look great he made he definitely looked great coming out of it and it's one of those few times where it's like oh wow we didn't get a finisher well we didn't really get a finisher at the end okay this is kind of interesting we get a a jackknife that's new we haven't seen that in a while uh and then yeah the whole triple h just beating him down and jr is just like you're going rotten hell you shovel me you shovel me he's just going absolutely crazy that jerry's that jerry's just like just like you are right woohoo <laughs> just literally 
just seeing Triple H walking up and just knowing what he did, he first laughs away from the ring. Then he looks back at the ring and he laughs again. It's just one of those things like, oh, they're making a good villain out of this. This is an A-quality match, A-quality outcome, A-quality every Jeez Louise. I would have loved to have said that this was a match of the night, but also there were two other matches that really did really well. I think I would still give it to the first matchup of the night. I think Mysterio and Angle stole it. As good as this match was, that opener, that that opener, though, holy cow. Now, much like uh, Kurt Angle on Monday Night Raw following his victory over Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21, who says, you know what? Last night I got arrested for stealing the show at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of stealing the show, Howard Finkel. Yay! <laughs> saying that, God rest his soul, I love this man to death. He says that I am proud that this is the first time I have introduced in this arena since WrestleMania 2. Let's not talk about that show. He talks about WWE having commitment, uh, the Major League Baseball strike, but at least he still have the fink. And for some reason, he targets Trish Stratus, uh, calls Long Island, Long Island skanks. Uh, Fink is just <laughs> ogling her tits here. Um, uh, yes, yes. Trish, Trish slaps him. Lillian slaps him, and they like to rib uh, Fink. Why? Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. There is one like thing here I want to address because this line was just so funny that I actually fell out of my chair, and I was not expecting Fink to say this. Literally, he just says, says to Trish, "You've got the puppies." And I've got the wiener. I'm just like, Fink, you dirty dog. <laughs> dirty old man. It's just one of those things where it's like, you had a fun. That was awesome. <laughs> what the frick? <laughs> yeah, like you said, Lillian. Oh my gosh, Lillian just took it to Fink. And we all know the end result of this feud between the two of them. Jeez uh, Louise. Also, Fink. God rest his balls after that segment. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, oh my gosh. And hey, this is your lead up to the main event, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of <laughs> resting balls. And, and even Cole and Taz are just like, well, what, what was that all about? <laughs> just like, just like, gotta give the fake man a little bit of fun. Uh, so I actually do want to talk about one story uh, that Paul actually mentioned before we get to the main event. Uh, for those that don't know, the main event was originally supposed to be called by JR and Jerry Lawler. But during a conversation with uh, Paul Heyman and even, uh, well, it's crazy because I think they, they were on a plane. It was Heyman, Vince, Taz Cole, and I think it was even Michael P.S. Hayes, where basically they're just talking about like, no, Mike Cole and Taz should call the main event. And I think Michael... Hayes said something along the lines of like, you know, you're a beat the B plus show with the B plus commentary team do not deserve to call this main event. Ooh. And it was something along those lines. And it was one of those things where beforehand Taz and Cole were kind of like, ah, we don't like how things are going right now. But then like immediately after this, they were on their A game. They wanted to prove Hayes. Otherwise, I'm going to see if I can find that clip and I'm going to send that to you, Fretz, because it is a story that literally is so emotional kind of listen to but also like wow the amount of you know crap that cole and taz get because i think 
for a while they were my favorite commentary team for a while because yeah, especially they're, they're really good they're really good and the fact that they called the main event it made the matchup perfect honestly and it's a I smackdown would... match why it not is. let the smackdown crew call the smackdown match i mean we are months away from brand exclusive pay-per-views i think it's like uh, either no mercy or armageddon are the first like brand exclu- like only this brand exclusive we got the main event here between brock lesnar and the rock here and we see the the promo of brock's meteoric and very quick rise because brock debuted the night after wrestlemania x8 in ottawa ontario when he spine busted spike on that trash can lid oh my god trash the, the triple that triple power bomb deal where he just beats maven he beats snow or, or some people are rock like to call him al <laughs> Al. and and, and, and uh, don't don't be so much main event maven like that my god oh god i've met the dude he is awesome he is one of my new best friends nick dinsmore come at me bro <laughs> uh, Ma- maven and him being like the pastor at uh the commitment ceremony for matt cardona and, and um uh chelsea <laughs> I, I almost said dmd i'm like nope that's adam cole's wife anyways here uh, because we're, we're we're counting down here to the to the zoom clock yay i walk through the valley of extreme that that bit with paul Heyman doing the what were he like reinterpreted psalm 23 just oh he's like the wrong and he talks about brock talks about hogan being in the wrong place in the wrong year with the wrong guy and much like the blood of hulkamania is on me the blood of you is going to be something to do i i did that smackdown like not two weeks ago but the rock says he has a message himself for Brock, even coming to Raw, trying to play mind games with me. And there was a bit where he came out on Smack, Brock came out on SmackDown, and Rock was in the crossface, and Brock was approaching him at the ring. Rock was nowhere near the ropes, and he was just, I am the Rock, but Rock taps out to the crossface, friggin' clean as a whistle. Well, not really clean. He was somewhat distracted in a big, big match, and he says, hey, I got a message for you too, Brock. Bring it, bitch. And the New York crowd here, I'm going to give a shout out, you know, King Ricky's from the, from Long Island. And I can imagine him. He's a little bit younger than, I don't know how old he is, but I can imagine him in this crowd, just going along with everything here. And, oh man, they start getting on the rock side, but a lot of these fans are really smarky. They're on the discussion boards. Like I was on the discussion forums at this point in time, shout out to the now defunct WGZ uh man they were booing him and the rock is like he's firing back at this crowd here he's kind of like oh that's how you feel well i'm gonna shove it up your butt here so we have him just taking notes because we're hollywood rock hot take best rock yeah you're you're a few months away from that but that's going to be one of the best incarnations of the rock ever. Um, Jeez. This matchup is like, like you said, it's weird because it is definitely feels, I I was watching this matchup. I'm thinking to myself, okay, how much of this is going to be like uh, rock Brock and Cena in like 2014 or 2015, somewhere around that. Um, And it was not nothing like that because of the fact that, you know, Rock got some offense in, and like you said, the fans are literally like, "No, we, no, we want to see the new guy win." And 
Brock Rock is just throwing everything at Brock and Brock's ready to just be like, yeah, no, I'm still going to kill you. <laughs> oh yeah. And we have right off the bat here, they start here. There's back, back breakers, rib breakers. Then there's Rocky chance at first. And then Heyman gets a cheap shot in on the rock and a young Brock Lesnar does his very first jaunt to suplex city. Then we hear the Rocky sucks chance. Okay. This is where I got the kip up mix up. They both kipped up Brock and the rock. Amazing That's visual. Right. Oof. And then we see the sharpshooter. I'm sorry, rock, but your sharpshooter sucks ass. Uh, coming, <laughs> coming from a Canadian here, even though the rock is one quarter Canadian, I know the sharpshooter rock is really healing up here and let's go. Lesnar chancer raining out the bear hug, the very same bear hug that squeezed the life out of Hulk Hogan because well, Hulk Hogan's not going to get pinned brother, 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 uh, a gut lock, a German suplex, a low blow. The Rock does the lay of the smackdown punch and then really plays up with the crowd here when he does the, the last hand motion. And Heyman gets the most gentle rock bottom hug through the table. Rock bottom <laughs> and a kick out. The Brock bottom, Brock Lesnar also, he presses L1 and L2. He knows that it, that L1 and L2, that stealing your finisher takes two smackdowns. Oh, awesome. I, I know spine buster and then boom f5 new champion the beast incarnate with his with the brock lesnar era beginning and here we are 20 years later and brock lesnar is freaking jumping off of tractors and dipping the ring <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah oh my god it's fun it's finally come full circle it took 20 years to get brock Le for brock lesnar to really put somebody over it was against roman Reigns. i know he was already over but still we we needed that we needed that closure for Brock Lesnar to really put over someone. But Roman Reigns still I don't care. I don't care who it was. <laughs> that's fantastic. That, that's it. That's Man. SummerSlam 02. That's done and dusted. Uh might be the best SummerSlam ever. Uh Nate, plug your stuff. Where can people find you? Oh yeah, yeah. Um uh, first of all, a main event, uh final grading, give it a B. Yes, it's a really good show. There were, of course some wonky things but let's get into the plugging now shall we ladies and gentlemen uh you want to check out my podcast it's called the oh you didn't know podcast that features oh wait nope 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 i'm thinking bg james i'm sorry i'm sorry also check out brian J james road dogs podcast it's actually really really enjoyable definitely enjoy that um so let's plug my stuff which is brace for impact and the game changer podcast of course brace for impact is a part of wrestle Attic radio where i talk about impact shows at first but i guarantee you we will be getting more into some just impactful events such like that once that kind of dwindles down a bit uh game changer podcast i just talk about pop culture wrestling stuff like that i have some really great interviews on there oh my gosh you're absolutely amazing uh some of the guests that you can feature on there are uh drew galloway aka drew mcintyre larry zabisco maybe mention a little bit of uh god tv because those three women are awesome also can check me out on social media at Twitter, as well as on Instagram at real FN game. And also be sure to pick up some of my merchandise because the brace for impact stuff comes in many different flavors, whether it's in the morning with a coffee mug late at night with a blanket, or if you feel like just showing off the goods, a nice good old jogging pants. <laughs> Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E mania. Be sure to listen to all of us on Russell Attic Radio, of course, Fretzelmania, 
Brace for Impact, kicking off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with the Young Lions pers- perspective, and of course, the Kings of the Rings podcast streaming every Wednesday night at about 8-ish. Yes, that is during Dynamite, but you can watch both shows. You can light up the chat like I do and shoot the shit with Ricky, Will, and Kay, and it's it's a good time, folks. And yeah, here we are. We're in the ruthless aggression era. This was a, a damn good pay-per-view. Nate, it's been a pleasure doing another show with you again, bro. I'm going to have to have you on again very soon. That has been it, folks. We'll see you next time.